start Devontae. All right, this guy loves Devontae Freeman. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Absurdity Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco, and I'm here with my co-host, Walker Kelly. And Walker, I want to start off with a statement, okay? Mm. I realize I'm in the crosshairs of the woke mob right now. So before my final nail gets put in my cancer culture casket, I'd like to set the record straight on so many of the blatant lies out there. And, and there's a home run by Nick Castellanos to left field. <laughs> That'll be a 4 nothing ball game. <laughs> oh, boy. Aaron Rodgers, folks, uh, had himself a bit of a meltdown today. Stupid. <laughs> well, what's great about it is it's like the takeaway is people are like, People like, well, everybody wants you to hate Aaron Rodgers. And it's like, no, there's a no, lot I of think, I just think I it's think funny how dumb he is. Yeah. And it's it, fine. Don't don't get the vaccine. Like, if that's your choice, that's your choice. But don't have a meltdown over it. Like, that's why I think he's stupid. He, he saw what happened to Kirk Cousins. He saw what happened to Cole Beasley. And he's like, well, it's my turn to have a meltdown over this. Yeah. <laughs> and like like people didn't even know alan lazard wasn't vaxxed until this week because right. he's a close contact and it's like oh i'm just it's like aaron Rodgers is just like jumping on the grenade for everybody <sighs> all right well well that's why uh, he's like uh that's why he's like martin luther king jr <laughs> as the great martin luther king jr said i love he said he like half quoted martin luther king and then he was like and rules that don't make sense and it's like i'm pretty sure that's not what martin luther definitely king not what he said <laughs> oh all right uh no mike this week mike's parents are in town hello to mr and mrs valverde so uh walker how much of last night's game could you stomach i watched it all baby you watched the fourth quarter oh yeah you're a psycho i i i tweeted out you couldn't pay me enough to watch the fourth quarter of this game um but it, apparently i missed the good part which is the jets coming back and scoring two touchdowns so um Josh Johnson was a lot of fun last night, actually. Yeah, Josh Johnson. Josh Johnson was interesting because, um, I mean, one, the dude's sneaky old. He's 35. Yeah, he's old as hell. Yeah, he shared. A, I looked it up. He shared a quarterback room with Jeff Garcia. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that yeah. you said that it was the Joe Montana to Josh Johnson quarterback pipeline. Yeah, that's right. Um, and my here's my question about this is like. Mike White looked pretty good in this offense. Josh Johnson looked pretty good in this offense. Zach Wilson did not. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I'm if I'm ready to say Zach Wilson sucks yet. He sucks right now. I mean, I don't yeah. know if he'll always be bad, but um, I think it's starting to become apparent that he's not a good fit for this type of offense. That's what I was like, thinking. It it works he, against his instincts. Yeah, this offense is a, is a lot of taking what's there, West Coast concepts, um, a lot of rollouts, a lot of quick passes, a lot of working receivers open, a lot of running the ball, um, focusing on not turning the ball over. And that's like the antithesis of what Zach Wilson does when he's playing his best at the position. He's yeah. a risk taker. You know, he's he's a he's a downfield passer. This he's you know, he's that Jameis Winston type guy. Where you know you're, you, you gotta kind of just let him be who he is and accept that it's not always going to be perfect, but a lot of times he's going to make a lot more good plays than he is bad. Um, and it just seems like they saw that 
last year at BYU, he threw three interceptions, and they were like, well, that's great. We can just stick him right into this ball control offense, and he'll be just fine. And they forgot that he was playing for BYU. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I agree with you there where I don't I I'm not ready to call him bad. And um, I I know when we were talking with Kev this offseason, you know, he called him fancy Will Greer, which is a thought that's never left my mind. And, uh, you know, I said that, you know, um, you know, Johnny football is in his range of outcomes and that's still within his range of outcomes. But, yeah, this offense is such a mismatch for him. Like this is not a gunslinger offense. And that's what Zach Wilson is. And I think that that's why it's not it's not working. So um, I still believe in Zach Wilson um, in that like high variance, like he's going to, you know, just take some shots and sometimes they'll be turnovers. Sometimes they will be 60 yard touchdowns. And that's just not what this offense is. So, um, yeah, I mean, we for the Jets, let, let's start with the 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 good things for the Jets uh, other than Josh Johnson and Mike White. Elijah Moore, seven for 84, two touchdowns. One of them was in garbage time. But I mean, he looked pretty good. I mean, he he kind of an Elijah Moore breakout game, which is nice considering how bad the rest of this game was for the Jets. Yeah, he uh, I mean, he looked like their best receiver. Um, I don't know if that'll continue when Corey Davis comes back, but yeah, he he's he's quite explosive with his speed, his agility. Um, he gets open pretty consistently. He's got solid hands. You know, I wouldn't say he's an elite route runner. He's solid enough, and he's small, so you'd prefer him in the slot, so that he can use his speed to kind of work over the middle of the field. Um, his second touchdown was on a crossing route where uh, Johnson rolled out and uh, Moore just used his speed to get past everybody through the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the first one was a, just a, a coverage breakdown, but yeah, the second coverage. one was impressive. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I don't know how much you put into this performance because um, the Colts had neither of their starting safeties healthy for this game. Um, Kari Willis and Julian Blackman were both out with injury, and then Xavier Rhodes left the game with injury as well. So they were down three starters, and also Rocky Asin has been not great this year. So mm-hmm. it was pretty much just Kenny Moore and then a bunch of either backups or inconsistent players in the secondary. So I I don't know if this is predictive for the rest of the season. You know, Moore's target share still hasn't been that high, and he doesn't have good quarterbacks. But um, I think he's worth a spot on your bench for now. Yeah, it's it's worth to see what happens because of the talent level. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me how long uh, Michael Carter's catch was yesterday? Because I'm seeing 37 yards and I'm also seeing 19 yards. Uh, let me look that up real quick. I well, I'm able- seeing I'm seeing both on like ESPN says one for 37 with a long of 19, and I was like that doesn't make sense. So I looked on Stathead and his um it says 19 yards, so it must have been a 19 yard reception. So we've got Michael Carter. I don't know yeah. where the 37 came from. I wonder if they're accidentally included a play that got called back. So Michael Carter, 68 yards, one catch, no touchdowns. Um, I mean, Ty Johnson, he scored a touchdown, so he out, outscored him on fantasy points wise. But this is kind of what I was worried about with this backfield insofar as I mean, it, it, everybody got their Michael Carter victory laps out. But he, I don't know, I'm still not super impressed by him. Well, he's not a very good football player. Yeah, that's I mean, the th- that's that's what it is. No, it's it's the fact that he pretty much owns this backfield right now. That's that's what 
the uh, you know that that's why he's been producing fairly well because the Jets have been feeding him the ball at the goal line and they've been throwing it to him out of the backfield. Um, when Johnson came in, they were they were behind by a lot, and so they were throwing a little bit more of those quick out routes and using the tight end more and stuff like that. So they weren't really throwing to the running backs a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, they couldn't get anything going in the run game, which wasn't very surprising. The Colts are quite good against the run. Um, yeah, I mean, and I, look, I might be the minority here, but I think Ty Johnson's the best running back on that team. I mean, it's definitely I. I don't know if I agree with that, but it's definitely a lot closer than people think. I, I just I've never been impressed by Michael Carter as a talent. I've well, never been impressed by him. He's fine. He, he's yeah. extremely fine. I mean, he's. But he's not fine in the way that we say like Joe Mixon and David Montgomery are fine. Like those guys are average starting running backs. Like Michael Carter is an average running back. He's like he's Devin Singletary. Yeah, I mean. It's 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 just it's astounding to me why so many people have gone hook, line and sinker hook, line and sinker for Michael Carter. Like I saw people saying, you know, obviously before the game yesterday, because nobody was going to tweet this out after the game that they had second round grades on him, which is insane. Like I had a third round grade on him. I Yeah, but there's a there's a decent difference between a second round and a third round grade. Like, I know he slipped to the fourth because of injury concerns, but it's like he's fine. Like, like we just keep saying he's fine. Like I called him the cam makers of this class. Like, like he's not decent all. Good. Yeah. But like decent all. Well, he's more than Zach class, Moss of this class. Well, he has better hands than Zach Moss. I don't know. Zach Moss is fine at catching the ball. He's not great, but he's fine. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Michael Carter has better hands than Zach Moss. Like I didn't say Zach Moss had bad hands. It's probably. It's, yeah. Yeah. So I, my, my take on it was that he was probably like, the fifth or sixth best back in the class when I my cam makers comparison is fifth or sixth best back in the class, but all around enough to, if he gets a lot of volume, he can do a lot, but it's, there's just not, nothing super impressive about him. So, right. And then with the, with um, the fourth round draft capital, there just isn't enough of a commitment to him to be you know sure that he's going to keep getting a bunch of touches if he's not very good with them. Yeah, I mean, it took injury. It took Tevin Coleman getting hurt to to push him onto the field, and Michael P. Ryan being inactive. It's like I don't know, um, but yeah, saw a lot of Michael Carter victory laps because he snuck into the top twenty running backs on the season last week because it's been half a season and he had one monster game. So, congratulations mm. to those victory lap people. I hope I hope uh, week nine went well for you. Um, I don't know. There's not much else to talk about with the Jets. I think the Denzel Mims thing, I think he needs to get onto a different team or get better at football. He's awful. He's really, really bad right now. I mean, the yeah. dude looks like I almost feel bad for him because it just looks like NFL football is not is too much for him. I mean, yeah. he he can't he can't separate, he can't catch the ball. It, he's not a good blocker. He just looks lost out there. And yeah. I mean, he got outproduced by Jeff Smith. He got outproduced by Braxton Berrios. He got outproduced by Keelan Cole. I mean, by he got outproduced by Trevon Wesco. Like it's <laughs> half of those aren't real people, right? It's it's not good. It's really bad. I mean, if if you I told you he got outproduced by Chris Hogan last night, you'd believe me. Like it's he's bad at football, and I know that he's only in a second season, but he's not a particularly young prospect. Um, he's never really been an, a, 
he's never really been a talent in terms of like the finer points of playing receiver. He's always just been kind of a go up and get it guy. And I just don't, I, I don't see it happening for him. I, I, he looks, he looks like a bust. Yeah. And I mean, like it, it's, it's astounding. This was the most targets he's had this year. Yeah. And, and he, he had one four. catch, five, five, five. one yeah, catch on go. five targets. Yeah. And I'm looking to see like two drops. Yeah. And he had that weird stretch where he's getting a ton of targets last year and then it just kind of all fell apart on him. So I don't know, yeah. like at least J.J. Arcega Whiteside, they figured out he can block pretty well. So they still use him for that. But it's like there's no like he might be the biggest. Well, probably not in the last few drafts. If Jalen Hurd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jalen Hurd's pretty bad bust. Um, Both from Baylor, interestingly enough. Interesting. Makes you think. Um, let's talk about the Colts. So uh, Carson Wentz had a predictably decent game, uh, 272, three touchdowns, a little bit of rushing on the ground. But, I mean, the player of the game was Jonathan Taylor, um, who I played in my home league, which on that 78-yard touchdown run, I was just like, come on, please <laughs> don't, do, don't do this to me. <laughs> Yeah, he's a beast. I mean, he, he's one of the best running backs in the league right now. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, and he's, I mean, a young player in his second season on his first contract. He's, yeah, I, I think it's getting more and more likely that he's going to be the first guy taken in fantasy drafts next year. I mean, oh yeah, he's incredible. Um, th- there's just no holes in this game. He's shifty, he's fast, he's strong, he's a good pass catcher. I mean, he's everything. Um, yeah. That's not terribly surprising. Like, the Jets just aren't good against running backs, and he's extremely good. So it wasn't shocking that he had a big game. Um, What was more surprising was that Naheem Hines got involved and had a really nice game, 20.8 points, I think, in full PPR. Mm -hmm. Um, He just – he looked really good. I mean, which isn't really a surprise. He's always been a talented player and explosive with the ball in his hands out in space. They just haven't really been doing anything about that. And yeah, his seems, usage is really weird, is yeah, what it, it seems, is. It seems like finally they decided, like, hey, how about we just use him how we used him last year when he was good? And all of a sudden he was good again. Like, it looks like they finally just given up on putting Marlon Mack in the game, which, thank God. Um, yeah. It's Jonathan Taylor, two-thirds, Naheem Hines, one-third, like usual. And then Hines gets a little bit of pass-catching work, like, as a slot split out or in the two minute warning. Um, I'm not going to say Naheem Hines is back, but um, he shouldn't be on waivers. If he's on waivers next week, you should pick him up. Yeah. He should be on the end of your bench to see if he can stack these games. But um, just to go back to the Jonathan Taylor point, I just wanted to say, you know, I'm, I'm glad that um, much like everybody else on fantasy Twitter, we were the only ones who knew that he was going to be good. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody was the everybody was the only person who thought Jonathan Taylor was the guy. Yeah, and it's just. Oh, I man. mean, to be fair, I did have him as the RB one in his class. So. I mean, only the RB one. I mean, I. I know, I know. A lot of people had him as RB zero. So. Yeah, you should have had the zero RB people. That's what they're talking about. Is Jonathan Taylor? He's the zero RB. Yeah, they picked Jonathan Taylor in the first round, and then no more running backs until round eleven. That's right. So, no, I mean, um, yeah, it was nice to see Naheem Hines get involved, uh, end up over 100 yards, especially because I ended up having to spot start him in places because of my um, high um, DeAndre Swift 
um, usage in a lot of leagues. So it was nice to just be like, oh, I guess I'll start Naheem Hines against the Jets and see what happens. Um, Michael Pittman Jr. also had himself a decent game. I mean, the um, the touchdown kind of helped. I mean, uh, before yeah. outside of that, it's 11 points in PPR. It's, it's okay, but the touchdown definitely helped. But, I mean, he looks good. Yeah, no, he, he's a solid player. He, he yeah. had another good-looking game on the field. I mean, and he was uh, – he, he's clearly the number one option in the passing offense still. We knew that he wasn't going to keep getting 15 targets. You yeah. Know, but – this is this is reasonable to expect consistently. I mean, his bad games are going to be around nine points, mm-hmm. and his blow up games are going to be high twenties. Yeah. And then a lot of the time he's going when he has a fine game, he's going to fall in that fifteen point range. I mean, he's a he's a fringe wide receiver one at this point. Yeah, I would notch him like fifteen, sixteen, just off the top of my head somewhere yep. in there. Yep. In terms um, of fantasy. Yeah. 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 Um, this game is also before we move on. I just want to say this is this game is the poster child for people go well what if they're blowing somebody out should i bench this player will they not get production michael pittman scored a touchdown jonathan taylor scored two naheem hines scored one carson wentz threw three if a team i mean danny pinter who everybody started everywhere um if started a team in just, my offensive lineman only league yeah if if a team blows another team out the fantasy options on that team are going to be doing a lot of things it is nonsensical to be to be concerned that they will be benched in the fourth quarter. It just it it doesn't make sense if they're if a if team they blew, is benching. If they blew, oh, go ahead. Yeah, if they blew them out, the guys you would start in fantasy were the ones doing the blowing out. You don't get extra points for fourth quarter fantasy scoring. Right. So, yeah. So this game, this is if somebody says that to me, I'm just going to bring up Jet, Jets Colts. They scored three points. They scored a field goal in the fourth quarter. The Colts did, and they. Every fantasy option did well. Jack Doyle scored a touchdown even. Jack Doyle with the Kyle Rudolph special. 1-1-1. One, 1-1-1, one, one. One, 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 baby. And and uh, the, the Danny Pinter catch was very funny because that man just like collapsed to the ground and was just like, I'm just going to put my whole body in the path of the ball <laughs> so that I, <laughs> I do not drop. He started at Ball State as a tight end. Yeah, that's what they were saying on the game last night, which I think the problem is I, I think he still has like the ball skills and everything, but he just doesn't have the flexibility anymore. I yeah. think that's the problem because that man, yeah, he he watched like you could tell he knew how to catch the football, but you yeah. also could tell he could not rely on himself to bend over to catch that ball. Because right, that's that why he just that's why he just dropped to his knees and was like, I'm cradling this sucker. I am not missing this opportunity. I might never get another one. Yeah, so... <laughs> he, had, he had an insane RAS coming out, too. It was like 9.7. Jesus Christ! Yeah, as a tight end? And he converted no, as an offensive lineman. Oh, he, okay, he converted to O-line. Okay. Yeah, no, he's a, he's an absurd... Yeah, he converted to O-line at Ball State and then was drafted by... I don't remember if it was the Colts or not, but drafted by somebody on day three as an O-lineman. But yeah, he's he's really athletic. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it, it was fun to watch because um, it... You, you could tell he had, yeah, some ball skills, uh, but the the flexibility had long long since left him to do things with it. And it was the Colts drafted him. So there we go. go. All right, let's move on to the Sunday previews. It'll just be me and Walker in this one. No Mike, so we'll have more of a, a free form discussion, I think, um, than like asking specific questions. But uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, teams on by this week, Detroit, Seattle, Tampa Bay, and Washington. So let's start with the 10 a.m. games. Uh, first one up is Cleveland at Cincinnati. Cleveland four and four. Cincy five and three. 47 point over under. Cincy two and a half point favorites. 
Um, injuries in this one, Chris Evans, uh, running back depth guy for the Bengals is questionable. Um, that's it for the Bengals for the Browns. Um, I don't know if it counts as an injury, but there's the whole Odell Beckham saga. He is no longer a Brown. Uh, we'll just leave that. And Jarvis Landry, um, did not have an injury designation, uh, on Friday. So his knee issue seems to have cleared up and Donovan Peoples Jones is questionable with a groin injury. So, um, my real question is I'm kind of wondering what the post Odell Beckham Browns look like. And I know it's going to still be a run first team, but you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones is only rostered in like 10% of leagues. Like, is that a speculative, a, a pickup that's worth a speculative ad or what? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, DPJ is, he's a talented player. Um, you know, I'm not really one who cares about this kind of stuff a whole lot, but if you care about this stuff, he was a five-star recruit in college. Um, never played with it, anything resembling a good quarterback at Michigan. I mean, the best quarterback he played with was maybe Shea Patterson. Oof. Right. Um, and he's looked good when he's gotten his opportunities. I mean, he had a couple of nice weeks earlier in the season. Um, I think largely, though, the to answer your question, it's that the post-OBJ Browns look like the Browns. I mean, they, they look the same. It's... Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's role is going to be pretty much the same. Beckham was only getting, like, four targets a game. So it's not like there's a whole lot to distribute there. They're probably just going to go straight to Peoples-Jones, and they're just going to do a straight swap. Higgins' role will be the same. Landry's role will be the same. The tight end's role will be the same. The running game will be the same. You know, I don't think Mayfield's going to magically become better again with Beckham gone. I, I, yeah. It's it's going to be the same thing. They're going to be pretty good at running the ball and pretty middle of the pack at throwing it. And they're not going to throw it a whole lot. So in good matchups, you could fire up Landry and people's Jones in um, moderate to bad matchups, at least DPJ you're going to want to stay away from and Landry. You might want to as well. depends on how much work he's going to be getting. So that'll be something to monitor, I guess, is Landry's involvement. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's I really don't see a whole lot changing. Yeah, and um, I mean, there's the whole like uh, Baker Mayfield is better without Odell Beckham narrative. I don't particularly care for that um, as a thing where it's like, oh, Baker Mayfield will be good now. But it was a thing where it was like, maybe Baker Mayfield is bad with Odell Beckham because he's forcing the ball. But I don't think just getting rid of Odell Beckham will make him good. Um, Andrew Erickson tweeted out, uh, don't bury the lead since Odell Beckham Jr. joined the Browns in 2019. Uh, only 62% of his targets have been deemed catchable. That ranks 62nd out of 62 qualifying receivers with at least 200 targets in the past three seasons. Um, but here's the thing. Uh, the, your boy did some math. Um, out of 45 uh, wide receivers with at least 150 uh, catchable passes in the last three years. Odo Beckham had the lowest catch rate. So it was definitely a six of one, half dozen of the other when it came, comes to apportioning uh, blame yep. there. So Yeah, Baker was throwing him a bunch of bad balls, and then the good ones Baker was throwing and Odell wasn't catching. Yeah, so I think it's I think it's a situation where neither one of them got on the same page. But, I mean, oh. I'm not bullish on Odell Beckham's future. People keep talking about Randy Moss, which is great. If he can join prime Tom Brady with Bill Belichick, maybe he can turn this thing around, but he's going to get, he's, I mean, he just hit waivers, uh, like an hour ago. He like officially hit waivers like an hour ago. So we're not sure where he's ended up, but I, I, 
I don't see him turning this around. Yeah, I mean, I, it's probably going to be better than the Browns tenure because, duh. But yeah. I, no, I mean, he at this point in his career, he's he's getting into his late twenties. He is he gets hurt a lot. You know, he's not a very big bodied receiver, and he's got a long history of injuries that tend to flare up a lot. He's never been a real consistent player. He's always been a boom mm-hmm. bust type guy. It's just that early in his career, you got a lot more boom. Um, no, I, I think this is more. It's more going to be just a like a. He'll be a a decent addition to a team. I mean, I. Call I me know. crazy here. Call me crazy. Uh, from here on out, like, what if he's just like Marvin Jones? I don't. The, the problem is that Marvin Jones is consistent. I mean, is he though? I mean, at the end of the year, he has good numbers, but he's kind of he. If if there's a, if he gets called upon, Marvin Jones can produce, but he can also adequately take a back seat and do the things that a team needs him to do as a deep threat guy. So I mean, that kind of like an ideal outcome from Odell Beckham at this point, who's now 29, who has not shown any of the like bursts and everything from before his injury. I mean, that could be an ideal outcome for him at this, this point in his career, pivoting to being a Marvin Jones type. Yeah, I suppose. I yeah. mean, I, I would have, I was kind of thinking of like what Antonio Brown is now. That's po- that's possible. Yeah. Some, I mean, sometimes he looks really good, but he's also, he's going to play like 10 games a year and like four or five of those games are going to be duds. And then like four times a season, you get to see is like, oh, this guy's really good. I forgot. And then it's just you have no idea when it's going to be. Yeah. So his ideal outcome does seem to be where he's not the guy. I think he does need to be part of a group at this point in his career. But yeah. um, but uh, to your point of him not booming anymore. So today's date is November 5th. OK, since November 5th, 2018, these guys have had as many or more 100 yard games than Odell Beckham. John Ross, MVS. Collie Freeman, Alan Lazard, Marcus Johnson, Austin Hooper, Randall Cobb, Danny Amendola, Brashad Perriman, and Tyler Higby. So, among others, those are, <laughs> and and people are talking about. Well, it worked for Randy Moss, and so I don't know. All right, he, he's not Randy Moss. He's never been Randy Moss. Yeah. So, um, all right, let's talk about this game though. Let's talk about the Cincy side. So, um, we're obviously we're starting uh, Jamar Chase. We're starting um, uh, Joe Mixon. Uh, we are punting Samaj P. Ryan into the ether. Um, but what about uh, like T. Higgins or um, Tyler Boyd? Would you trust either of those guys in this matchup? I think Higgins is a solid flex. Um, okay. Cleveland's defense isn't bad, but it's not great. Um, Higgins is getting a solid enough target share that I think that, yeah, if you've got him, you can put him in the flex. No worries. Or wide receiver three slot. He should be a solid spot there. Um, Boyd, I... I don't know. I, I maybe like if you're if you're really down bad with the bye weeks, but you know if you've got a healthy roster, then I I think he stays on your bench. Okay. Um. No no uh, no CJ Uzoma unless you can help it right. Yeah. Don't don't play Uzoma this week. Okay. So let's just do the start sit cut. Uh, CJ Uzoma, Dearness Johnson, or Samaj P Ryan. Oh, uh, God. Um, start the earnest bench. P. Ryan, cut Uzoma. 
Okay. Sounds good. So who's winning this game? Cincinnati. I have Cleveland winning this one. That's right. I think Miles Garrett is going to make uh, hell on earth for Joe Burrow this week um, because of the bad offensive line staying bad for the Bengals. So um, let's go ahead. Let's move on to the next game. Denver and Dallas, 49 and a half point over under. Uh, Dallas, 10-point favorites. Um, injuries in this one, we've got, for Dallas, we have Amari Cooper dealing with a hamstring injury. We also have C.D. Lamb, who popped up on an injury report with an ankle injury. Uh, looks like he sprained it on Wednesday. Uh, he's an actual questionable to play on Sunday. Dak is off the injury report with his calf injury. Um, for the C.D. Lamb thing, again, I say it every time, 90 minutes before kickoff, we will know if he's going to play or not. Um and then for uh, the other side, for the Denver side, in terms of injuries, we have Noah Fant is not expected to be cleared from the COVID protocols for Sunday. That's according to Vic Fangio. And then um, they, if you don't know, they no longer have Von Miller. Uh, that's not really an injury, just something to think about. Um, so, uh, Walker, what, 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 did, what did you want to talk about for this game? I want to know if Noah Fant's absence this week due to being on the COVID-19 list actually changes their offense in any way. Does it really make a difference? See, I don't – my question is, is what does their offense look like? Because they haven't had Jerry Judy, Alberto, and Cortland Sutton all together for any consistent amount of time. So I don't even know what their offense is supposed to look like at this point. I guess that's fair. Yeah, because it's like, yeah, he's going to lose, like, they're going to lose Noah Fant's targets, which is, what, five, six targets a game? Yeah. But Jerry Judy's Jerry Judy only had four last week, so those should reasonably get moved around to Judy and Sutton sharing the Noah Fant's nat, uh, targets. But I think Albert O just kind of turns into, like, a... Um, like, a guy that helps Teddy Bridgewater more than he helps in fantasy. Like, he could get, you know three catches for 37 yards, but they're all for first downs. And maybe one of them is a touchdown. Like, that's what I think. I, that's what I think Alberto could do this week. Um, but in terms of what their offense looks like, I mean, I think the targets just get moved around like because they're losing Fant at the same time that they're getting Judy. So they'll just move the targets around because, you know, Fant's more of a downfield guy. So they can kind of just rejigger things. True, and they could use Patrick up the seam as well. I mean, he's oh, played I forgot. In the slot. I forgot Tim Patrick existed. <laughs> yeah, he's been he's he's played in the slot before, and he's a solid downfield threat. So they can use him in those uh, kind of space clearer role. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty sure this MF just said those space clearer role. So yeah, I was gonna let it go. <laughs> good work. Uh, nice job. Sorry, I got my uh, COVID nineteen booster yesterday. So oh, I'm not feeling on. great. I am running on low, my guy. So you are immunized. Uh, no, no, I'm <laughs> I'm boosted. Um, but yeah, I uh, I don't think it changes a whole lot. I mean, I, I think Sutton is still Cortland Sutton. The running game is going to be the same. Judy will still have pretty much the same role. Um, it'll just be Alberto and Patrick kind of splitting the faint work and mm-hmm. uh. I think it kind of makes both of them kind of sketchy plays. Like, Alberto is a high to mid tight end two. Um, if you're desperate, maybe. 
but like I made a I made a trade to get Tyler Conklin in my home league just in case uh in case Kittle goes down again because I'm just not interested in in Alberto for one week or whatever. Um yeah, I'm playing that game. Yeah, so um yeah, I, I just I don't think it's gonna be a whole lot different. I mean Dallas is a team that could be scored on, but I just don't know how capable Denver is of playing a shootout. So um yeah, I I, I don't know. Right now I don't think this game looks like a good matchup for Denver. I like Melvin Gordon in this game, but other than that, I you know, you play Cortland Sutton and then you kind of just hope for the best with everybody else. Yeah, I mean, are we we're starting Javante though probably, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're starting Melvin Gordon, you probably start Javante. They do they get essentially the same number of touches every week. Yeah, but just Gordon's been better. That's true. That's I mean, true. Williams is a I would say Gordon's an RB2, Williams is a flex. There you go. So, um, for Dallas, um, Michael Gallup might be back, but I, I, I think there's too many questions with like this passing game with the, uh, in the ankle injury that's suddenly popping up to CD lamb and, and Amari Cooper dealing with the hamstring, which he should be back for this game. But, um, I mean, if all three guys play, are you starting all three? I'm not playing Gallup or lamb this week. You're not playing Lamb this week, even if he even if he plays. No, I, I'm I'm gonna stay away from that. He's a, I don't I don't like um, late week additions to the injury report. It's yeah, that good. Make, that makes a lot of sense. And that's, and he and he hasn't practiced for a couple of days, and he's a true questionable. I mean, it's a, like Rashad Bateman got added to the injury report today, but like Harbaugh says, like it's not a big deal. It's precautionary. He's probably gonna play. So. We're probably okay there, but with Lamb, this was just like a surprise. Like, oh, this is a lot worse than we thought. So, yeah, I'm I'm not really interested there. I mean, Cooper's a good play this week. Um, Cedric Wilson, if you're nasty, I guess. Uh, and then you got to fire up some Dalton Schultz because he's gonna have a big role. Yeah. I'm actually curious about what Dalton Schultz and Michael Gallup do to each other going forward once once C.D. Lamb is healthy. Because I mean, obviously, this week with if if Gallup comes back, you know he's he's been on the shelf for a long time, and then we've got the the C.D. Lamb injury to to worry about too. But I am concerned about if Schultz and Gallup are gonna, um, I guess, steal from each other a little bit. But you know, Cedric Wilson has been getting targets. Noah Brown has been getting targets. So it's just like random players have kind of been absorbing the Michael yeah. Gallup target. So I just talked myself out of it just now about worrying about yeah, it. I'm actually I'm not worried about Schultz because um, earlier in the season, I mean, last year when Gallup was healthy, Schultz was still getting targets. This season, you know, week one against the Bucks, obviously they threw the ball like a million times, but um Schultz was still getting good work when Gallup was healthy earlier in the season too. So um, I would be more worried about what Gallup's workload is going to look like than what Schultz's is. Okay. That's, that's a, a good breakdown of it. So um, let's get into your question for this one. Your start, sit, cut. And I hate this one. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Tony Pollard, Michael Gallup, and Alberto Cucabunum. Oh, I'm cutting Alberto. For the reasons we outlined. 
And I don't want to start either of Tony Pollard or Michael Gallup because Tony Pollard, who he started the year as a like, hey, you know, this guy is the short end of the platoon, but he's getting enough work for it to matter to, you know, his his efficiency's kind of gone down. His touches have gone down. He's kind of just a pure handcuff at this point. But I'd still trust that guaranteed volume over what I think is going to happen with Michael Gallup this week as they ease him back in. So I would cut Alberto. Start Tony Pollard and uh, bench Michael Gallup. Sounds good. Yep. So I got Dallas winning this one, as does Mike. What about you? Is it a clean sweep? Yeah, I'm going with Dallas. I don't think this one's going to be close. Okay. So speaking of games that won't be close, actually, they might be. This one might be really close. Yeah, I forgot Miami is bad, too. Uh, Houston, one in seven. Miami, one in seven. 46 point over under. Miami, six and a half point favorites, which... I want to know if that's the biggest spread ever between two, like, one in seven teams. Because that is, that's a big spread for two bad teams. Um, yeah. For Houston, uh, Terod Taylor is the starter this week. Uh, Rex Burkhead is limited in practice with a hip injury this week. And um, Deshaun Watson can go away forever. And that's the last time we will mention Deshaun Watson. All right. For Miami, uh, Devontae Parker, who we kind of talked a little bit about um I believe on Wednesday we talked about yeah. him. He's on IR with a hamstring injury set back in practice, which Oh, he went on IR. Yeah. They threw him on IR this afternoon. Great. Yeah. Uh, Tua is questionable with a finger injury. Uh, his finger is swore, swore. This guy said swore, sore and swollen after banging it on a helmet uh, against Buffalo. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Um, if I picked up, Tua and Taysom Hill this week, and I still have to start Ryan Tannehill at the Rams. I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> well, Hill isn't. Yeah, Hill's not starting now. So. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I picked them both up this week to be because I, I got Tua off of waivers and then waivers cleared. I was like, wait, Taysom Hill's still out there? Okay, I'll just go pick up Taysom Hill too. And now I might still be back to Ryan Tannehill this week. So Woo! fun times. Um, So we'll see how that goes. All right. Um, I guess with the finger issue, my question is kind of a moot point. I was, I was, I was asking, is Tua going to go nuclear in this one? Because Tua, before the Bills game, he was doing better. He was slinging the ball a lot more. He threw the ball 47 and 40 times against Jacksonville and Atlanta. So not exactly uh, great defenses. And I would throw Houston in that same pile. Um you know, in his uh, in those games, he threw six touchdowns and three picks. So that I'm feeling it's going to be the Tua um, special this year. But I mean, he was just throwing the ball a lot and running a lot. And, um, you know, I, I kind of thought this might be a, a big Tua game, like a, another four touchdown game. But one of them is rushing. But, you know, if it's freaking Jake Brisket this weekend, I mean, I'm not particularly excited about that. But let, let's assume he plays. Is this like. Is this the big Tua game where we go, okay, maybe Tua is pretty good, um, even though he plays Baltimore in Week 10, but then he gets the Jets in Week 11? Uh, I mean, I think we already had that game. I mean, wasn't he QB1 overall, like his first game back against uh, against Atlanta? Yeah, he was QB1 against Atlanta, which was his second game back. But people were still, like, people still aren't buying it. He's only rostered in 48% of leagues, I think it was, when I wrote the thing this week. So, yeah, I people. Mean, I, are, I mean, Matt Matt Ryan's rostered in twenty percent more leagues than he is. Yeah, that's a bit ridiculous. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I, I no, I don't think Tua is going to go nuclear this week. I I like Tua well enough this week. I think he's definitely a top twelve option. Um, 
but I just don't I don't see there being enough weapons for him to go absolutely not so. I mean, it's basically going to be Jalen Waddle, Mike Gesicki, and Miles Gaskin. That that's that's what he's got. So do we start all three of those guys? Oh yeah. Okay. Do we 100%. start any Texan not named Brandon Cooks? Um, you could start. Um, if you're in bye week hell, you could start. You could start Tarad. Okay. So yeah, as a as a more of a desperation play, you could yeah, start. Same, Tarod. same thing with Rex Burkhead, I would say. Yeah, and Rex Burkhead's banged up, so maybe you know there's a yeah. problem with him. Too, yeah, so. I mean if he doesn't play, then it's David Johnson, I guess. But yeah, I mean I. That backfield's a big mess, so I, yeah, I, yeah, I would say uh, Taylor and Cooks probably, Cooks definitely, Taylor maybe, and then Tua, Gaskin, Waddle, Gesicki on the Miami side, and I really don't know if you can even consider starting anyone else. I mean, that, yeah, that running the the running backs are a mess for Houston. They don't have any other pass catchers that get volume. Yeah, Miami doesn't it's have like, any other pass catchers to get volume. So, like you could take a guess at a. Nico Collins touchdown because he's getting some volume, but like that's that's a desperation dart throw, I think. Yeah, he's he's getting like five targets a game yeah. in a bad on a bad team. Like I mean, that's but but that's if your wide receivers are like all the Tampa Bay guys and um you know like Terry McLaurin and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, like all of your wide receivers are up by this. Week. Right, like, right. If you've got yeah, if you've got you know McLaurin Lockett. Uh, Antonio Brown and Amon Ross St. Brown as four of your receivers. Yeah, then then you're then you're in trouble. So, uh, not a preferred start. So, um, start sit cut. Waddle Gesicki and Brandon Cooks. Oh Jesus. Um, I went I I went one low end and one high end so far. Uh, um. Oh, I hate this. Uh. I guess I'll cut Waddle, which I don't like doing because I think Jalen Waddle's really good. Um, yeah. I will. I mean, at this point, I I'll start Cooks and I'll bench Kasicki. Yeah, Jalen Waddle is is that that's what I would say. But Jalen Waddle is actually a guy that I would try to quote unquote buy high on right now, just because he's really good. His number one trait is like just being able to find the spot where he's wide open. Yeah. And he is about to be the only wide receiver in town because yeah, my, uh, Parker's on IR. Brian Flores says, I, I believe uh, Will Fuller's coming back this season. So that's not any time soon. That's promising. Yeah. Yeah. So I think Waddles, this might be your last chance to like, quote unquote, buy high on him because he's had a lot of targets, but he's only had one like real blow up game so far. Yeah. yeah that we're, two we're for 70 of. Yeah, two for 70 a couple weeks ago. But, like, last week, four for 29 on 12 targets. This, you know, somebody could be looking at Jalen Waddle being like, this guy's just another, like, Robbie Anderson, just getting a ton of volume and doing nothing with it. But I think he's about to to pop off. So, um, yeah, but I agree with that assessment. So I'm, I'm going to say Miami takes it because they're not same. a disaster. And same with Mike. All right. The next game up on the docket, we kind of mentioned one of the uh, – one of the – Injuries in this one, which is uh, it's Atlanta and New Orleans. Um, the uh, Atlanta Falcons are three and four. The New Orleans Saints are five and two. Forty-two point over/under. Saints are six-point favorites. Um, 
as we mentioned, Taysom Hill will not be getting the start. Uh, he is in concussion protocol, but he's expected to clear it. And Sean Payton said Taysom Hill will, quote, also play. Um, he is, I'm guessing, just not ready to, to lead the team yet because he's had a concussion for like five weeks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's my guess on that. Michael Thomas has been out for the season uh, or he will continue to be out for the season. He's been out. He will be out for the rest of the year. There we go. That's what I was trying to say. Uh, Jameis Winston confirmed ACL tear last weekend. So definitely a lot of changes for the Saints going on. Uh, the Falcons officially placed Calvin Ridley on the NFI list because of his mental health uh, stepping away from the game. That means he has to miss at least three games. Um, so that's just keep that in mind. Um, I mean, yeah. Uh, wish the best for Calvin Ridley. This is just, you know, a fantasy thing. So we just got to move on with with that part of it. Um, Russell I'd just Gage. I'd like to say that uh, ACL actually stands for anterior crab legs. Get him. We roasted I thought you were, Here I thought I was like, oh, I'll give Walker the floor to talk about Calvin Ridley and mental health. You're like, crab legs joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, I already, we already talked about Calvin Ridley. Good no, for I, Calvin Ridley. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just funny. I was like, oh, does Walker want to say, nope, crab legs joke. <laughs> Uh, Russell Gage, uh, groin injury, limited in practice, but will throw Russell Gage in the trash can. Yeah, do not start any Falcons wide receivers, please. Except well, actually, Terrell Patterson actually, has wide receiver eligibility, I'm, and their tight end is also a wide receiver. I'm thinking about playing Tajay Sharp. What? I know, I know. It's Fucker, it's, it's ba- never gonna be Tajay time. <laughs> I know, but like, it's a good matchup. And I have the thin wide receiver room in my home league. I mean, we start three receivers in a flex, and it's 14 teams. So it's, uh, yeah, I mean, right now I've got, I mean, I've got Cup, Cooks, and AJB, which are three of them. But then if Bateman doesn't play, then I'm debating between uh, Tajay Sharp and Tyler Conklin as my flex. Oof, okay. In, In that case, I guess, yeah, you'd have to go. With Russell, or not Russell Gage, with Tajay Sharp. But um, that that dovetails well into Mike's question, because Mike's not here, but he still did all the prep for the show. Uh, is there a wide receiver one on Atlanta? Yes, his name is Kyle, Kyle Pitts. Pitts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's Kyle Pitts. I, there, there's not a whole lot to say here. Like, Pitts is just going to get, like, 10 targets a game. This is what it's going to be. It's not always going to be the most efficient, but he's he's a top five option every week. Yeah, and we we talked about it on the Wednesday show. Uh, we won't talk about it again with like the the Walker has him, I believe, fourth unless he changed that on Thursday. Um, and uh, yeah, he's gonna get he's still fourth. He's gonna get a ton of targets. Walker is just blasting through a bunch of different drinks right now, and it's very distracting. <laughs> My man slammed have... a Coke Zero and immediately opened his water. Sometimes I have three, so it would have been even funnier <laughs> if I had, like, coffee here, too, and I'm just like, gulp coffee, gulp Coke, gulp water. And I pull some other crap out. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, and then this is my this is my bubble water, too. I need that as well. Um, so, yeah, there is a wide receiver one in Atlanta, and his name's Kyle Pitts, and he struggled last week. I think he probably will not be particularly efficient this week either um, because they're probably going to throw Lattimore on him. But I think that um, with a full week of like understanding that they will be without Calvin Ridley, I think they will do more to get him open. Um, But I just Um, don't see a lot of like hundred yard games in him anymore. But I think, you know, like six for 60 every week, which is amazing. I'm calling 
five, five catches and a touchdown for Pitts this week. All right. So we'll 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 merge our our predictions. Five catches, sixty yards, and a touchdown. There we go. There we go. And, and seventeen I, points. I mean, that's probably going to be a top three tight end game. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's the thing where it's like, um, you know, we were the quote unquote haters on Kyle Pitts, but we still had him as a Six. top half. Yeah, a top half tight end. So uh, everybody, much like everybody's right about Jonathan Taylor, everybody's right about Kyle Pitts. So shut up. Uh, yeah, I would also like to mention that, um, you know, everybody's been, like, super worried about TJ Hawkinson. He's tight end three. Yeah, he's been amazing. Yeah, he's tight end three. Like, he had those two bad games in the middle of the season, and he's had, like, at least nine points in every other game, and he's had three huge games. Like, he's been really good. Yeah, his last three games, he is on pace for 128 catches and 1,100 yards. Yeah, he's insanely good. It's just that he has a horrible quarterback. Yeah. And and the thing, what's funny, too, is, you know, when he bought him out in the middle of the season, everybody was, like, uh, panicking because said, yeah, I'm getting double teamed now and I have to adjust to it. And those people are like, see, you got to sell TJ Hawkinson, you got to go Kyle Pitts, are the same people who are getting, uh, doing victory laps about uh, the Jamar Chase, you know, I'm having trouble catching the football thing. And it's like, so when one player says he's struggling, it's fine. When another player says he's struggling, it's not fine. Like. Come on, TJ Hawkinson is very good. Mark Andrews is very good. They should have been ranked above Kyle Pitts. Period. End of sentence. I'm defending our honor. Um, all right, so Mike wanted to know... Oh, wait. Let me roll it back really quick. Other than a desperation play like you're doing with Tajay Sharp, is there anybody not named Alvin Kamara, um, Cordero Patterson, or Kyle Pitts that we are starting in this game? Um, No. All right. Mike has a wild start to cut. Traquan Smith, Kyle Pitts, and Marquez Calloway. I have a feel. What is Mike doing here? <laughs> I don't know. Mike. I don't know. I know you listened because you told us that you listened to the, the start sit show. What is going on here? <laughs> I need uh, to know. Well, I'm going to go ahead and start Kyle Pitts. Yes. Um, I'll go ahead and cut Traquan Smith. Yeah, I'm cutting Smith, and I'll I'll guess I'll bench Callaway, but honestly, I'm probably cutting him too. <laughs> yeah, can I can I get a double cut on this one? Uh, honestly, uh, sneaky start. Deontay Harris was getting targets the last couple games he started, so we'll see how that continues because he was out with an injury last week. Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, Adam Troutman got six targets last week, and he had two for four. Yeah. Oh no, he did play last week. That's right. He had seven targets. The week before he got injured on his first target, and then the week before that he had eight targets. So uh, yeah, Trout. Yeah, the sad. It's sad that Adam Troutman is just he's butt. That dude sucks. Yeah, it's it stinks, man. Because uh, he was so good in college. I mean, I know it was small college, and you don't know if it translates. But holy yeah. crap, he was good on tape. And then he comes in the league, and he's just a stiff. That dude can't do anything. No, yeah, and it, it really kind of makes me feel better about my like. Hey, um, he looks really good, but I don't know if this is because he's playing at Dayton. And it's like you just look at you look at the 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 tape on him and it looks like it was all filmed in a high school because the schools he's playing yeah. are so small. Yeah, just it, like, well, he's playing. I mean, yeah, he played at Dayton for college and then his high school was played against teams like uh, Gaylord. <laughs> is that a real school? Oh, yeah. yeah, that's like an hour and a half from my house. Okay, I'd never heard of it. So that's, that's where I, was... I play a lot of my golf. It's really good for golf. Nice. 
All right. Um, I am taking the New Orleans Saints in what is going to prove to be a very hideous game. Yeah, and the, re- the it, it being a hideous game in this rivalry, that's why I'm going with the Falcons. You're going Falcons. Yeah, I just think I just so I don't have faith. This this is my thoughts. I don't have faith in the the Falcons offense. I don't have faith in the Falcons defense. I don't have faith in the Saints offense, but I have faith in the Saints defense. So that's fair. That's what that's where I'm going. And Mike is also going Atlanta. So I'm out on a limb here. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next next game here which is vegas and the giants so unless you lived under a rock uh we won't go into details henry ruggs no longer a giant uh a raider he's not a giant either he's no, no he's longer not in anything. yes and um the athletics Deshaun reed said zay jones presumably replaces henry ruggs as the z receiver the dumb thing i said on the podcast on wednesday is going to be truth i guess um, Darren Waller is practicing with his ankle injury. Josh Jacobs is practicing with his chest injury. Josh. Josh. Uh, I don't know why every once in a while I get just like. Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs. Um, <laughs> for the Giants, everybody is hurt. Um, yeah. I think that that should do it. Let's see. Uh, Sterling Shepard won't play, but he's hurt. Kenny Galladay is questionable, uh, with his knee injury. Kadarius Tony will play, but he's hurt. Saquon Barkley has COVID in his knee, I think is the problem here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, he's got COVID in his whole body, but also his knee hurts. Uh, it hurts. And it, um, uh, new, so count on not having him. Dante Pettis went on IR. Jesus, everybody's hurt. John Ross was added to the injury report with a quad injury. Um, and I'm sure Darius Slayton died. I'm not sure what's going on. <laughs> Darius Slade. <laughs> Darius Slade. Slade, son. Um, so, uh, did I say Vegas five and two, Giants two and six, 46 and a half point over under? Vegas, three point favorites. Mike wants to know is it Brian Edwards season? Because fantasy Twitter, I don't think would be able to exist anymore. They oh, would no, they'd all... be about to. They would be about to bust for sure. Be riots in the streets. Good riots in the streets. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's gotta be. We'd have accounts like yeah, uh, fan, fantasy guru world being able, like I'm finna nut because Brian Edwards <laughs> caught two touchdowns. Uh, the the official N- NBC Sports Edge account. Yeah, finna nut. <laughs> The the Randy Marsh gif of him at the computer. <laughs> yeah, us us when Brian Edwards go off. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean everybody wants it to be Brian Edwards. Season. Yeah, Brian Edwards is cool. He's a really good college player. He has great metrics. Um, yeah, he's an exciting dude, and I I think that uh, I I don't know if it's Brian Edwards season, but like he's definitely rosterable. I think rest of the season. I. I he pretty much just slides into that rug spot. I mean, I know I know Jones taking Ruggs' role on the team, but Edwards is going to get those targets. He's going to be the number two receiver behind Renfro now, and he's yeah, going to be the downfield he, guy. He's he's Brian Edwards, and all he has to beat out is Zay Jones. Like, yeah, just, yeah, he, he's just, clearly better. Yeah. Um, yeah. But my, my only thing is, like, if John Gruden was still there, I would be, like, wheels up on Brian Edwards. But I – but – 
I don't know. I, I don't have I don't know if this team can adapt on the fly to losing Henry Ruggs. And, and the thing that worries me a lot is thinking back on when Washington fired another Gruden and the team just like spent the rest of the year just like kind of aimless. And I mean, Vegas is five and two, so they probably wouldn't be as aimless. So I guess, yeah, I don't think it's Brian Edwards season right now, but I do. I agree. I I have faith that, you know, starting in like week 11, we'll be saying is Brian Edwards must start. You know, I think he'll he'll start to roll into that slot. And I say week 11, but that's only two weeks away. I was thinking three to four weeks. Season's going fast. Brian Edwards. Yeah, I'm a huge Brian Edwards fan. I definitely didn't tweet out. I'll never understand why fantasy Twitter loves Brian Edwards so much. I definitely didn't tweet that out. Um, all right. So starts in this game. I mean, if he's not dead, do we have to start Darius Slayton for the Giants because he's the only healthy wide receiver? No. No. All right. So for I Vegas, think you start Kadarius Tony though. Oh, I forgot Kadarius Tony is is active. Sorry, and you start Devonte Booker, in my opinion. Yeah, Devontae Booker, Kadarius Tony, Josh um, Jacobs, Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller, and Hunter Renfro has kind of because he's I think a flex. He's, yeah, but I think he's like if you have three wide receivers or a flex spot, he's kind of a must start. I think he's reached that point in a PPR league. Yeah, pretty much in full PPR, yes. Yeah, in half PPR, he's still kind of like a fill in. But mm-hmm. yeah, in, in full PPR, I think he's a weekly starter. I mean, he's going to finish the season almost assuredly in the top thirty. So. Yeah, so um, there you go. So um, Mike's start-sit cut is Derek Carr, Sterling Shepard, and Hunter Renfro. Well, I'll cut Sterling Shepard because he's not playing. Yeah, Sterling Shepard, get out of here. Yeah, I will start Hunter Renfro, and I will bench Derek Carr. Yep, sorry, Mike, we're benching your boy. He loves Derek Carr. See, I think he made these questions for him to, like, make passioned pleas for players. Don't go Uh, up on Derek Carr. I said I was taking the Giants, but that's not right. I'm taking the Raiders. Oh, I'm picking the Giants. You're picking the Giants? This guy is picking the Giants, baby. This guy's picking the Giants. All right, I'm picking the Raiders. Mike's picking the Raiders. Walker is picking the Giants. So, next game up. This one I'm going to say is going to be a very quick game to talk about. New England 4-4, Carolina 4-4. 41 point over under. New England 3-5. Christian McCaffrey is questionable and this is what matt rule said uh i am hopeful he can play i really am it would be a 40 to 50 play situation if he can play so there is the uh from the horse's mouth i don't think christian mccaffrey plays this week um sam darnold is questionable with the shoulder and a concussion issue and um matt rule said darnold's shoulder is quote as much of an issue as the concussion so Okay, more P.J. Walker, I guess. Um, that's Phillip. it. Go ahead. I just said Philip. Oh, oh. Is that's it, his real. That's his. His name. real name's Philip. Okay. Yeah. Um, for the Patriots, I see no injuries listed on the report. So this is my question for you, Walker. Is it a marginal start of Damian Harris? A marginal start of D.J. Moore? Oh, a mar a start a marginal start of Chuba Hubbard and nobody else. Um, yeah, I mean, you're certainly not starting anybody else on Carolina. Um, more, I think, as a wide receiver, like a backhand wide receiver two type guy. Um, yeah. Hubbard is a backhand RB2. Nobody else on that team. Yeah, Damian Harris is a mid to backhand RB2. Jacoby Myers is a, like, PPR flex. 
and that's it. Yeah, that was my start sit cut. Is is that it for this game? So <laughs> yeah, I'm taking the Panthers. Oh no, wait, no, probably not Sam Darnold. I'm taking the Patriots. Yeah, I'm taking the Patriots. As is Mike. It is a clean sweep. All right, next game up. Uh, Buffalo five and two, Jacksonville one and five, 48 and a half point over under Buffalo 14 and a half point favorites and Walker. I'm taking Jack. No, I'm not taking Jacksonville. That was a joke. Um, injuries in this one, the Jaguars, uh, the big question on this one is, uh, James Robinson. He has a heel issue. He is questionable for this weekend. Uh, Carlos Hyde had got a full practice this week. Uh, he had a calf issue that he was dealing with. Um, so you go ahead and monitor that. Uh, the Jags got Divina Zigbo off of waivers, but who cares? Uh, for the Bills, Cole Beasley is questionable with a ribs injury. Uh, he was limited in practice on Friday after not practicing on Wednesday and Thursday, but he's probably going to play. Dawson Knox is officially out for this weekend, um, according to Sean McDermott. And that is it for the Bills. Um the question that Walker has is, can we give up on Trevor Lawrence and redraft? What do you what do you what do you think of your own question, Walker? I did a reverse on you. I think it's a good question. What do you think, Jeff? Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I you you did not give me uh, what I wanted, so I would not give you what you wanted. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't think we give up on Trevor Lawrence in redraft. I think that. Um, he continues to be a spot start guy. I'm trying to see his schedule, but again, pro football reference still redirects to his college reference page. So bro, I'm now I gotta I look mean, it up annually. God, I'll, I, I'll get it. That's not that big of a deal. No, I got it. It's right here. So his next three games, Buffalo, Indy, and the Niners. No thanks. Yeah, no thanks. Then the Falcons, sure. Maybe. The Rams. Nope. Ooh, here we go. Weeks 14, 15, 16. Titans, Texans, Jets. Okay, so snag Trevor Lawrence off waivers in, like, week 13 and stash him for the playoffs. Yeah, and then week 17, dump him back to the waiver wire because he gets the Patriots. Yeah, yep. Okay, so we're not giving up on Trevor Lawrence, but, I mean, he is just a – he's a matchup play at this point, which, honestly, for a rookie quarterback, sure. But, I mean, he's only thrown multiple touchdowns once. Right, he's, He's had multiple touchdowns twice, but he's thrown multiple touchdowns once. He's just, you know. He's not a high upside guy right now. Yeah, but I think um, I think the matchups can can dictate it. Because, I mean, Tennessee, he had two touchdowns. Um, that was a good matchup. Miami threw for 300 yards. Uh, Seattle was a good matchup. He did nothing. <laughs> uh, but, like, Houston week one, like, he smashed that matchup. 332, three, and three interceptions. Um, but I mean, I wouldn't give up on Trevor Lawrence at this point, but let me do a, re- a reverse on you. Do we give up on LaVisca Chenault? Um, yeah. 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 I think for this season, I mean, uh, he's been usurped by Jamal Agnew, who is a corner converted yes. to receiver. Yes. Um, and, and who, uh, Herms wrote an article this week about how this exact career path was previously trod by Devin Hester. So Interesting article to look at. Not necessarily fantasy relevant, but very interesting look at it. Yeah, Jamal Agnew was definitely that type of player. I mean, he's electric with the ball in his hands. He's a great return guy. Mm-hmm. That's it. 
Let me ask you a question here then. It, let's 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 say the unthinkable happens and Urban Meyer comes back for a second season in Jacksonville. And um Jamal Agnew, you know, relays this contract or this this stretch into a big contract with like the Jets. He um, already has a big contract. Back. He already has a big contract with the Jaguars. He has a big contract? 3 years, 21 million. Oh my god. Okay, so Jamal Agnew is back. Why did they pay him 320? Okay. I don't uh, know. Let's say Urban Meyer is back. Jamal Agnew is back. Uh, Travis Etienne is back. Um, where does that leave LaVisca Chenault? Because it's clear fringes. they're using Agnew the way that they wanted to use Etienne. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, it's uh, – yeah, no. If if everybody – if Meyer is back next year and then they get Chark back healthy, they get Etienne back, Agnew's back on the team, um, Marvin Jones will be back on the team, yeah uh, – then I don't really even know if Chenault is draftable. Yeah, I don't know what his role would be at that point. Like a it's, super backup is, to everybody? Yeah, yeah, his role is like fourth string running back, second string slot receiver, second string outside receiver, occasional gadget guy. Jesus Christ. He's, he's giant Tavon Austin at that That's point. what I was just going to say. I was going to say, is he gone from Debo Samuel to Tavon Austin in people's minds then? <laughs> yeah, Tavon Austin, but make him big. Yeah. <laughs> Thick Tavon Austin. Thick Von Austin. Thick Von Austin. Oh, man. It just sounds uh, like I, a Dutch like video game character. Thick Von Austin. Yeah, it, it kind of does. I like it. All right. Um, so, uh, I mean, are we, we're going back to Emmanuel Sanders after the goose egg last week, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a flex guy. Yeah. So, we're starting... Are we starting Devin Singletary in this matchup, do you think? Oh, no, okay, no, so, no, no, no. So the, for the Bills, it's Josh Allen, Emmanuel Sanders, Stefan Diggs, uh, Zach Moss? I think you can start Zach Moss this week, yeah. All right. What about Cole Beasley? Yeah. Okay. And then if you're desperate, I guess Tommy Sweeney because they gave him. Sweeney Tom, Tom, baby. Sweeney Tom, uh, the demon tight end of Orchard Park. And then for Jacksonville, is it Robinson? Robinson if he plays, and that's kind of it. Dan Arnold? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yes, Arnold is uh Arnold is a back end tight end one rest of the season. Yeah, and then if you want to get spicy, throw Jamal Agnew in your flex, I guess. Yeah, I mean I'm not even playing Jamal Agnew and Scott Fishbowl this week, so. Oh wow, look at this guy who doesn't have to start two kickers this week in Scott Fishbowl. <laughs> well, I mean I get to start, so I'm starting I think six receivers. Oh man. Maybe five, but um. I mean, I've got Cooper Cup, A.J. Brown, Brandon Cooks, and Jalen Waddle, and Scott Fishbowl. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I I'm I'm in trouble this week in Scott Fishbowl because of buys and stuff. But yeah, I I am starting two kickers this week. Yeah, but yeah, I started a kicker a couple weeks ago when I had a million buys. I I haven't even had my quarterback buys yet, so I've been kind of cruising along so far. Yeah, after this week, I get to shed all of my my uh my depth quarterbacks because both Kirk Cousins and Tom Brady would have had buys. So then I'm done with buys in that league. There we go. Um, all right. So your starter sit. Uh, go ahead. Give me your start sit cut. Devin Singletary, Emmanuel Sanders, Jamal Agnew. Start. I mean, my boy, Manny Sanders. Sit Jamal Agnew and get Devin Singletary out of here. Get him out. I agree. Get him out of here. Sometimes I back up. Sometimes I forget I'm in an IDP league and I get notifications for moves and I'm like, I'm like, why is somebody picking up Nasira Adderley? It's like, oh yeah, wrong. It's an IDP league. 
All right. Uh, next game up. The Battle of the Purples, Walker. Minnesota Vikings. That's what they call this game. This is the Purple Bowl. Yeah, that's it, that's canon. Yep. That's canon. All right. The Purple Bowl. Minnesota 3-4. and four. Baltimore 5. and Oh, we forgot to say who we think is going to win. Buffalo. Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a foregone conclusion. Um, Baltimore 5-2. and two, 49 and a half point over under. Baltimore 6-point favorites. Uh, injuries in this one. Uh, Sammy Watkins, questionable with the hamstring injury. Surprise, surprise. Uh, Walker mentioned it earlier. Rashad Bateman, questionable with a groin issue. He did miss practice. John Harbaugh called it minor and said he has a, quote, very good chance to play this weekend. Uh, Latavius Murray's ankle is doubtful or is making him doubtful for this weekend. Wait, what? His ankle is doubtful to work. All right. So check this out. Uh, 12.05, Latavius Murray's ankle is making him out for week nine. Three o'clock. He is now doubtful. <laughs> it got it's a like, tiny bit better. It's like the Mr. Burns. He was declared dead and then he was moved to a better hospital and declared alive. Um, <laughs> so I have to throw out my starts at cut because the injuries are a mess in this one. So I'll, I'll be doing that one on the fly. Um, for the Vikings, uh, Garrett Bradbury went on the COVID IR um yesterday so he's going to be out for this weekend and then we already mentioned on the tuesday show uh daniel hunter tearing his peck and he will be out for the year that's it for the vikings so my question for you walker is um assuming he's healthy and he plays this weekend does rashad bateman outscore a viking meaning either justin jefferson or adam thielen this weekend and i kind of think that he does because i think he outscores adam thielen unless adam thielen has another random two touchdown game I'm going to say no, but that's not because I think Bateman's going to have a bad game. It's because the Ravens run a lot of man coverage, and Thielen is better against man than zone. He's okay. good at beating a guy one-on-one, but he's not really very – he's not super athletic or big or strong anymore. He kind of wins with technique. Um, and so in a straight man – and he's not going to see a lot of Marlon Humphrey. He's going to see a lot of Anthony Averett, which is – that's where teams like to attack Baltimore because Averett's been pretty uneven this season. So I think it's actually a good Thielen week. I think you got to play Thielen. Um, I like Bateman as well. I mean, Bateman's obviously he's looked really good since he came back from injury, uh, came back since he started playing after injury. Yeah. And, I mean, he uh, came back. He was, he was around in the preseason. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's looked good. He, he's, I mean, he's fighting with Marquise Brown for wide receiver one in terms of, opportunities on that team and and he's I think he's a good play this week against a pretty bad Minnesota secondary but um no I think I'll say he doesn't outscore either of the uh of the Minnesota receivers which is essentially means what I think is this game's going to be really high scoring and I think you can start a lot of people in this game yeah I'm 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 having trouble finding a guy that I would definitely bench in this game at least in the the wide receivers uh even the tight ends I mean, obviously, if you can help it, you're not starting a Ravens running back. Um, but you're playing, I mean, it's Dalvin you're, Cook. You're playing, yeah, you're playing Cook. You're playing Jefferson. You're playing Thielen. You're playing Conklin. I mean, yeah, Baltimore you're playing Conklin. The, Baltimore is the worst against tight ends in the whole league. Yeah. So yeah, that that was my big play a couple weeks ago for somebody or other. Uh, it was a really stupid player, and he scored twice. Oh, Wally Cox. Uh, hold on. Let me, let me look this up. It was a really stupid player. And I oh, was like, it was Uzoma. Oh, it was CJ Uzoma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he had like three for 80 and two touchdowns. Yeah. He absolutely shredded them. Um, yeah. And, uh, then on, on the, uh, on the Baltimore side, you're starting Lamar, you're starting 
Marquise, I think you're starting Bateman and you're starting Andrews. Yeah, you're not looking at their at their uh, running backs at all. And then Kirk Cousins, you can start. You don't have to, but I don't think it's a bad play. Okay. Um, I just looked at Mike starts to cut for the next game, and I almost cussed. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Mike is just uh, being a chaos agent uh, when he's not here. Um, so my starts to cut was uh, Latavius, Lev Bell, and Devonta Freeman, but Latavius probably isn't playing. So we'll say Tyson, Lev Bell, and Devonta Freeman. Uh, I'm going to cut Le'Veon Bell, I'll bench Tyson, and I'll start Devontae. All right, this guy loves Devontae Freeman. All right. You just said, I'll start Devontae Freeman. Mm, I did. Yeah, I mean, you, you said Charles. it. I did say it. All right, um, I say Baltimore wins this one uh, fairly easily. I don't know how easy it'll be, but I also do think Baltimore wins. All right. So Mike also chooses Baltimore. So uh, let's talk about Green Bay and Kansas City. So this is uh, an afternoon game. Green Bay 7-1, and one, Kansas City 4-4. Four and four. I am so happy I will be at the 49ers game, so I will not get an iota of the coverage of this game. I love how this- Jeff Jeff put in the, uh, the show doc um, that the Rams are favored by 7.5 in this game. They are not playing in this game. That's how much the Rams are favored to win by. It is they're going to smash the Chiefs and the the Packers. And I'm definitely just going to go ahead and check this, double check this real quick. Uh, the oh, that's what happened. The Chiefs are seven and a half point favorites. There we go. Chiefs oh. are seven and a half point favorites in this one. Forty eight point over under. Green Bay seven to one. Chiefs are four and four. Um, Aaron Rodgers will not be playing. And that is the end of what I'm going to say about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Devontae Adams is off of the COVID-19 protocol. Uh, Blake Bortles is the backup quarterback this week. Shout out Blake Bortles. And uh, Jordan Love will be getting the start. Uh, Bortles. Can't... Bortles. Um, for the Chiefs. Uh, this is an ominous phrasing. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is, quote, closer to a, quote, potential That's fun. He's not been designated to return yet, so it's three weeks. Or Melvin Ingram and traded away Laurent Duvernay-Tardif in two different trades, um, but that's kind of the net exchange on them, uh, unless you are a huge Daniel Brown fan. Um, Derek Gore was good last week. I don't get it. Um, but Mike's question for this one was, can Patrick Mahomes turn his season around? Yes. And um, yes, we talked about this already. Yeah, Mahomes is insanely good. Um, he's been, yeah, he's been kind of weirdly bad at times this year because he's been trying to do too much. But yeah, he's slowly coming out of his stubbornness and adjusting little by little. He's insanely good at football. He's also been really unlucky with his turnovers. He's gonna continue to get better little by little over the end of this over the rest of the season. And by the, the end of the season, he's gonna be Patrick Mahomes again. Yeah, his turnovers have been unlucky. But here's the thing. Um, as a team who, as the fan of a team who regularly starts Jimmy Garoppolo, as the fan of a team who regularly starts Jared Goff, I'm mm. sure both of us would be clamoring for a quarterback who is quote-unquote struggling while on pace for 4,700 yards and 38 touchdowns. <laughs> That's like, correct. Yes, I think both of us would gladly take a quarterback who is struggling like this. It's he's had bad interception luck. Okay, 
these things happen. You you can only do so many like weird submarine throws and weird jump passes into traffic where the tips are going to go against you and, and the tips are going against him right now. And they'll, they'll even out and start to go back his way, but he's only had like two bad games really like before, like he's still like QB five or something. Yeah. For fantasy, like, okay, you lose one point for interception, whatever before the last two games or two points, depending on where you play. Um, but before the last two games, he was on pace for 5,000 passing yards and 48 touchdowns. Yeah. And everybody's in a panic. So just calm down. And that's on a 16-game schedule because Pro Football Reference refuses to adjust to 17 games. So there's no season to turn around. It's just luck balancing out. Yep. All right. Um, For Green Bay, it's Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones, right? And nobody else. Uh, Yes, that is correct. All right. For the Chiefs, it's Mahomes, Kelsey Hill, and nobody else, right? Daryl Williams. Daryl Williams. Okay. You're not worried about this, like, weird Derek Gore thing taking enough touches from him to, like, no. be a guy you don't want to start? Williams still had, like, 16 points last week. That's true. That's fair enough. Okay. Um. All right. I just don't want to do Mike's start, sit, cut. I mean, we could it's... just refuse to do this. No, we'll do it. All right. Start, sit, cut. Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey in the last contribution Mike will ever have to the podcast. <laughs> Bye-bye. Mike's out of here. Bye-bye. <laughs> um, I'm starting Travis Kelsey. I am benching Patrick Mahomes. I'm cutting Tyreek Hill because I don't like him. Get him out of here. Uh, I will do the same, I think. I don't know. I, I'm Actually, I think I'll start Mahomes and I'll bench Kelsey. Okay. That, that's right. I said it, but I'm also cutting Tyree Kill because he's boom bust and he's not a good person. So get That's him out true. of here. Yep. Correct. I'm picking uh, the Chiefs. Yes. Clean sweep. Uh, Jordan Love. Uh, we talked about this earlier this week, but um, all the news is that he's not very good. So good luck to the good luck to the Packers. Yeah, I don't think he's very good. No, he um, all of the like uh, the news out of him and. Uh, even in preseason, it's just like, good Lord, what is this guy doing? I don't remember what the play was, but I remember there was a play that Jordan Love had in preseason where I quote tweeted and said, Aaron Rodgers is watching this and laughing like De Niro in Cape Fear. I forget what it was because it was when Rodgers was away from the team. Hold on. Yeah, and and all, you, all you're seeing all over fantasy Twitter is like, I think Jordan Love's actually pretty good <laughs> because everyone wants to have the contrarian take out there in case – in case he beats up a horrible Kansas City defense so they can be like, see, I told you Jordan Love was good. I was the only one who believed in him. Yeah, it's... <clears throat> yeah, you and 150 other people. Yeah, that's... that. Yeah, all right. I'm, I'm not going to get mad at Fantasy Twitter for the 10th time in this episode. <laughs> um, very aggravating place to be recently. Correct. Um, so, all right, uh, let's move on to the Niners and the Cardinals. Arizona seven and one, Niners three and four. Uh, this is a forty-six point over/under, and I'm actually double-checking the favorites because it keeps changing. So, as of right now, the Niners are two-point favorites. It was Arizona one and a half points. It keeps changing. The over/under is now forty-five. The reason it keeps changing is now the I forget who the beat writer is, uh, but he does not expect Kyler Murray to play this weekend. Oh. He does not expect DeAndre Hopkins to play this weekend. Um, they are officially both listed as questionable with game time decisions. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins has not practiced this week uh, with um, his uh, hamstring issue that had him in and out of the Thursday night football game. And Kyler Murray is dealing with an ankle issue. 
So th- I yeah, think man. a lot is going to change on that. Yeah, I mean, if Colt if Colt McCoy's playing, then I'm I, I can understand San Fran being a favorite. Yeah, uh, AJ Green is on the COVID list as well, um, and uh, <clears throat> Rodney Hudson has been designated to return from IR. I forgot he was on IR. No wonder K- Kyler Murray keeps running for his life. Um, for the 49ers, Javon Kinlaw. Uh, had an ACL re- reconstruction. That was a season-ending injury. Uh, Elijah Mitchell is questionable with a ribs issue. Um, he had a non-contact jersey all this week. So I would say pick up e- Trey Sermon as a as a counter here or Jermichael Hasty if Trey Sermon's not available. Devo Samuel is questionable with a calf issue. I saw doubtful earlier today. He's a true questionable, yeah. Yeah. So um, his calf injury was worse this week. Um then last week. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, but it didn't seem to bother him last Sunday. Uh, George Kittle has been activated off of IR and will play on Sunday. And um, Jeff Wilson Jr. could be activated from PUP and play in week nine, but it's not looking likely. That was said this morning. It's possible. So I guess check tomorrow. And yeah. um, if if Mitchell can't go and if Jeff Wilson Jr. is activated, I am still going with Trey Sermon. Here because Jeff Wilson is, you know, not has hasn't come off. He hasn't, hasn't played, played at all. enough. Yeah. So I'm um, still going Trey Sermon if that happens. So um, my question was before about the Kyler thing was, can we trust really trust any non Kylers in Arizona? Because the last game was 17-10. The Niners kind of had their number um, considering, you know, other than the Niners game, the Cardinals are just kind of scoring at will. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you look at their their uh, scoring, which of course I can't because Rotor World has last year's schedule up because they're stupid. Um, but yeah, can we trust any like really trust any Cardinals in this game? Chase Edmonds. This guy actually, if it's Colt McCoy, Chase Edmonds is a great start. I do believe. Yeah, uh, Edmonds was taken off the injury report. He's playing. Um. He the shoulders obviously not a big deal. It didn't seem like it because on Thursday he came back into the game after like three plays. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just he's looked good. I mean he's improved over last season. I don't want to really keep like beating you over the head with like Chase Edmonds is good at football, but I never said he wasn't. I uh, know I'm not saying you. I just mean like oh, the listeners. Okay, yeah, he's good no. at football. Yeah, yeah, he's very good. Um, and you should play him. Yeah, I, I just traded. I, I agree. Uh, I, in my home league, full PPR, I traded James Conner and Christian Kirk for Chase Edmonds. Jesus, that is a coup. Oh, yeah, Christian Kirk. We, If everybody is hurt, I guess we can trust Christian Kirk because the Niners secondary is bad. They got to throw to somebody. They so got to throw Christ- to Christian Kirk. If, and- if, Hopkins, if Hopkins and Green are both out, then Kirk and Moore are probably both decent flex guys. Ugh, okay, Rondale Moore and Chase Edmonds are going to do damage against the 49ers this weekend because those shifty type of guys where they get the dump off and they they're in space give the Niners absolute fits. I hate them so much. Like remember in week one, DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams just kept getting passes space and shredded the Niners. It's going to be the same thing. And I'm getting I'm getting agitated thinking about driving all the way down to Santa Clara to watch that. Uh, all right. Um, James Conner, uh, he will score a touchdown this weekend. I said how and why on Tuesday or on Wednesday. Sorry. And you can listen to that and see how and why. Yeah. Very easy. Our, our call is uh, James Conner scores a touchdown and still doesn't reach double digit fantasy points. Correct. Because James Conner er, will get 
five carries once again um for like 16 yards and a touchdown yep and one catch for like four yards because one of those carries will be from the one because josh norman will get pi in the end zone it will happen trust me folks yep it will happen it started it went from an annoyance to something that teams are literally planning around like if you watch the carson wentz um throws to michael Pittman, he wasn't he was just like chucking him up there and being like well this will be pass interference and that's how we'll get down the field and because because it was a a what was it? a bomb cyclone and a uh an atmospheric river he was not throwing those balls to be caught by michael Pittman. those he was right. throwing those balls to uh get pi on josh norman Ugh. okay even with all of that uh i'm gonna abandon the start sit cut because of the injury things aj green's on COVID ir brandon ayuk uh, are we starting Brandon Ayuk? Let's ask that. I mean, if Debo's hurt, then yeah. You have to. Because then, because the other, the passing game is, uh. George and, Kittle in his first game back. Yeah. And then Mo Sanu and Trent Sherfield. Boo. Trent Sherfield revenge game. It's gonna, <laughs> it is. It's gonna happen. Yeah. yeah, it is. I didn't think about that. Uh, I. Well, now thinking, you gotta fire him up. I'm just kidding. Yeah, fire him up, folks. Um, somebody's gonna start him in like one DFS lineup and and win the Millie Maker. Just watch. Um, yeah. and then they'll screenshot just that lineup and be like, "See, I'm a genius." Um, because of the Kyler and New Hopkins thing, I'm going Niners, baby. <sighs> Same. All right, Mike's going Arizona because he's physically incapable of saying anything good about the San Francisco 49ers. All right, so then we get to Sunday Night Football. We're talking about the 49ers or Lamar Jackson, folks? Oh, my God. Imagine Lamar Jackson on the 49ers. Ugh. Mike would hate him so much. Imagine if if the 49ers had used a draft pick on Lamar Jackson that they absolutely could have done. Imagine if the 49ers traded two first-round draft picks to move up and spend a first-round draft pick on a multi-threat quarterback. They could have Lamar Jackson. We don't know. That's true, because they won't play him. <laughs> they won't play him. Ah. All right. Uh, next game up, Tennessee 6-2. and two. Rams are 7-1. and one. Um, This is a 53.5 point over-under. Rams are 7.5 point favorites. Uh, Lesha- Ugh, sorry. Sean McVay said Robert Woods, uh, with a foot issue, is expected to play um, on Sunday Night Football. Same with uh, Matthew Stafford, who's had a back issue. Both haven't practiced this week, but they both neither of them needs to. It's like, right. I think this is like the old, um, uh, just, uh, was it AJ Green or Julio Jones just like didn't practice during the week. I think it was Julio. Yeah. Julio, like, Julio would go like, no, no practice, no practice, walk through and then play every week. Yeah. And then get like 115 receiving. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, Von Miller, uh, is now a Ram and then was injured, but he is looking to play on Sunday and, um, that's it. That's all you have to worry about. Tutu Atwell had shoulder surgery, but he is relevant. And Deshaun Jackson is no longer a Ram. Which More like Tutu at Notwell. Folks. Folks. This is what I have to <laughs> I deal with Mike doing start, sit, cut. Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, a tired kill. I get Tutu at Notwell. <laughs> that's, his, that's his Twitter handle. At if Notwell. Tutu, if Tutu Atwell doesn't have well as his twitter handle like what are we doing here <laughs> that'd be so good at well <laughs> at well Ugh. it's revolutionized ai driven cms well.ai 
They have not tweeted since 2015. They said, we will be the next generation CMS. Stay tuned. Give, uh, give, give this... Tutu Atwell the account pounding the table. I'm going to do it. I'm going to quote Tutu. Give this account to Tutu Atwell. There we go. All right. Let's it's like when about... I found out that Bloomberg's Twitter account is at business. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> such, a, such a great uh, account name. Just at business. Uh, all right. I didn't hear what that was. You cut out. Oh, I said your question was how many players in this game are startable, and I'm gonna say all of them? Question mark. Uh, a lot of them. I mean, I yeah. I would say Matthew Stafford, Daryl Henderson, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Van Jefferson, Tyler Higby, Ryan Tannehill, Jeremy McNichols, AJ Brown, Julio Jones. So yeah, ten guys are startable. Yeah. Not all of them and- are great starts, but. You you can comfortably make a reasonable decision to play ten different guys in this game. But Walker, you didn't say Adrian Peterson. I didn't, and that's because I don't think Adrian Peterson's good anymore. He's thirty six. What? But he was good before, and he still has the same name, so he's good now. That's how this I, works. I don't know what to tell you, man. I <laughs> fantasy Twitter's insane, man. I I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Adrian Peterson, not good. Uh, what's going to happen is he's going to get the James Conner touchdown, and everybody's going to be like, see, I told you, AP still got it, because he's going to run through the through a hole the size of a Mack truck. Right, that is correct. So, Because yeah. they're going to run away from Aaron Donald, and it's just going to be a massive hole. So good job. Or or towards Aaron Donald, if you're that one ESPN guy who insists that Aaron Donald's bad. <laughs> I remember that, yeah. <laughs> Aaron Donald's bad at run defense. First off, no one cares. Second off, that's actually wrong, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Don't care, plus you're wrong. Yes. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I think you're firing up everybody not named Adrian Peterson. If you spent 30 to 40% of your fab on Adrian Peterson, first of all, I'm sorry. Second of all, I guess you have to start him because you were put in Dumbass, idiot. Yeah, yeah, moron. There's... I saw people saying, spend whatever you have left on AP. That is madness. I, I if you have $100 left? Do not do that. AP. Spend it all on AP. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't even know. There's not a whole lot of analysis here. <laughs> yeah, there's like, not a lot to talk about. This game's going to be very high scoring. Play your dudes. This game is going to be fun. Please watch oh, yeah. it. Yeah, no doubt. Um, all right, so your start, sit, cut are... Van Jefferson, Julio Jones, and Adrian Peterson. Well, I think we are both easily cutting Adrian Peterson because in addition to not being very good, uh, also the Tyreek Hill corollary, not a good person. Correct. Um, And I am starting Van Jefferson and sitting Julio Jones because that man Uh, cannot play a full football game. I agree. All right. Um, Ryan Tannehill, I am scared to start him. Is that a correct assessment? Um. I wouldn't guess that this would be a huge game for Tannehill, but I don't think you should be scared to play him. Like, I think he's a low-end QB1, high-end QB2. Okay. So, if you start him, he's not likely to hurt you desperately. Or really yeah, bad. I would figure he's going to get, like, 17 points. Oh, boy. The Ryan Tannehill 2021 experience. He will get you 17 points. Yeah. Um, I'm going Rams. Same. Yeah, so is Mike. Everybody's going Rams. Bunch of Dodge truck fans here. I love trucks. 
last game, Monday Night Football. Oh God, Chicago three and five at Pittsburgh four and three. <laughs> Jesus Christ, is this the most? Ugh, the lowest over under of the week, forty yeah. points. Pittsburgh yeah. six and a half point favorites. How are you gonna be six and a half point favorites at a forty point over under? Jesus Christ. Um, for the Bears, Darnell Mooney was limited in practice with a groin injury, but um. He is supposed to play. He does not have an official designation. He will have one tomorrow. Damian Williams did not practice, but uh, Khalil Herbert ate his lunch. There is, quote, some hope for David Montgomery to, quote, get at least some work on Monday night. I am not starting David Montgomery, even if he's activated, Um, especially because the reports before that were, hey, he might not get activated this week. So you don't go from, hey, he might not get activated to uh, fire him up. Uh, Jimmy Graham's off of COVID IR. Uh, which is good because at his advanced age, he uh, was at a risk for bad <laughs> symptoms. <laughs> Jimmy Graham's old, folks. Jimmy, Jimmy Graham on a ventilator. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Graham suffering from long COVID. Um, Eric Ebron for the Steelers was a limited participant in practice. Who cares? It's the fire mouth show. Um, that's it for the Steelers, really. Big Ben also at an advanced stage. Um Mike has actually a very good question here, given that he spent the first half of this episode trolling us. Has Pat Fryermuth risen above the blob into, I'll say above the blob being the like Dallas Goddard, Noah Fant range? No, but he's not that far away, which is surprising to both of us, I would figure, since we've both been like, hey, let's pump the brakes on Pat Fryermuth a little yeah. bit. I think we were kind of wrong. Um, yeah, I, th- I think so. Yeah, he's he's pretty good. Uh He's playing well, and he's taken that that job, and he's getting some of that slot work now that Juju is out for the season. Um, yeah, that's what I was going to say. The only thing he's missed was opportunity, and now with Juju gone. He's kind of got it, yeah. I mean, yeah. he's better than James Washington, so he's he's getting those targets. And, and, yeah, I mean, he's, again, he's right in that Dan Arnold range, that back-end, tight-end one type guy the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. If he's on waivers, go get him. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't say he's left the blob, but, yeah, no. I He's in the he's, he's um, high end blob. Yeah, he's like uh like tight end nine. Yeah, I w- he's he's in the Dan Arnold, uh, Hunter Henry, Zach Ertz, Zach Ertz. territory. Nice. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> with Zach Ertz at the same time. But I mean, and and you know, you mentioned Juju, and it's it's liter- it literally is that easy. Like you look at his three games before it, his snap percentage thirty six. 53 49 juju leaves 60 and 78 right so it's and he goes from five one two targets to seven and seven so yep. yeah i would say he hasn't left the blob if he had so to leave the blob i wouldn't cut you if he had like three bad games but if pat frymouth had three bad games i'd be like get him out of here that's right yep same yeah. thing with yeah same thing with Ertz, arnold those type of guys yeah if they have three games in a row where they're disappointing then they're gone yeah. Um, but yeah, I would, yeah. Rest of season. I mean, you've got what, uh, Kelsey Waller, Hawk, Andrews, Pitts, Kittle, Gesicki, Schultz. Goddard. Them. Yeah. Maybe Goddard. Yeah. Probably Goddard. I mean, Goddard so, yeah. gets the targets. Yeah. Goddard. So like tight end, tight end 10 range for Fryer with rest of season. Yeah. I mean, I, I believe in it for now. Right. You know, so I'll ride the hot hand and if he continues to get targets, sure. So, yeah, fire up your Pat Fryermouths, Fryermouth. Yeah, it's I, a good went, question because, like, is he out of the blob? No, I don't think so, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be confident in him right now. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like, no, but it takes a lot to leave the blob. 
Yes. So, and he's only rostered 32% of leagues on Yahoo. It should be about 64, I'd say. Yeah, go get the boy. Yeah, go, go get, get the him. boy Pat Fryer move. Um, so, get all right. Get the fire in your mouth. <laughs> get the fire in your mouth. Eat a Doritos Locos taco and get the fire in your mouth. Those aren't even spicy. I know. <laughs> I haven't had Taco Bell in like three years, but I can just imagine what a Doritos taco would taste like. Good. Uh, it's good. Yeah. Uh, I, I can imagine. Uh, let's see. I take that back. I had Dorito. I had Taco Bell at the beginning of 2020. All right. Start to cut. Khalil Herbert, Deontay Johnson. I assume this D Johnson is not Dwayne the Rock Johnson. And, <laughs> I'm going to cut Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> don't cut Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He's a rapper now. He's he's a multi-threat. Yeah. Uh, you know, those guys Herb- never work out. LaVisca Chenault, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's the LaVisca Chenault of the acting game. That's what people call Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> uh, Khalil Herbert, Deontay Johnson, and Chase Claypool. Well, I am starting Deontay Johnson because the man yeah. just get targets. Yeah, Deontay uh, Johnson's a top 10 option this week, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, the man just gets targets. That's all he mm-hmm. does. He rolls out of bed and gets 10 targets. So That's correct, yep. Um, and no drops on the air. So Yeah, oh yeah, I, I did admit that I was wrong on that one. I uh, I thought that Deontay Johnson's drops were like a serious thing that he was going to struggle with his whole career. Nope, I was wrong. Nope, uh, yeah, he, um, I, I, <laughs> drops are so, like, they come and go so hard. I know. But, it was just that it wasn't just like focus drops. It looked like he was having serious trouble, like picking up the ball and being confident in himself to like tuck it away. But yeah, I need to, I, I don't know. I'm going to adjust my thinking on that going forward. I think I might just talk it up to variance because he looks fine now. Yeah. I think it's something you can look at in season. And this is something I'm going to have to try to, to figure out if, my full thoughts on it. I think it's something you can look at in season because you can fix it between seasons, but in the, the come and go of the regular season, there's not enough time to like sit down and, and like get your mind right and actually fix it. I agree with that. I'm kind of thinking like drops, handshake emoji defense. Cause it's like these things kind of stay the same throughout the season. Like Carolina's defense is going to continue to be good the rest of the season. But I have no idea whether their defense is going to be any good next season or not. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with – it's like last year with Washington. Washington's defense was good all year. I thought they were going to keep being good this year. Now they're bad. Like, it, it's it's just not sticky. Yeah, there's also a third hand in there that says uh, tight end defense spe- specifically. Because <laughs> tight end defense is like for one year it'll be very consistent, and then the next year it just all gets flipped on their head. So um, I am taking the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, oh, well, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll cut Khalil Herbert and I'll oh, yeah. bench Claypool. Yes, that is that is correct. Um, I'm gonna take the Bears. All right, so will Mike. Mike is also taking the Chicago Bears. So I just cannot countenance taking a team that lost to the 49ers last week. Fair. <sighs> All right, so Walker, that's it for this week. So. Uh, we will be back on, well, I will be back on Tuesday, Walker will be back on Wednesday, and we will all be back on Friday. So um, thanks for listening, everybody. Take care and have a good one. Bye.